Most people in the Salesforce ecosystem identify Talent Stacker as a platform for entry-level Salesforce professionals. But what a lot of people don't know is that we actually also serve established Salesforce professionals. If you want to check out our free resources for leveling up your Salesforce career, make sure to head over to talentstacker.com forward slash CAP. That's talentstacker.com forward slash CAP. And you can get a free Salesforce Career Accelerator Toolkit, helping you with everything from planning your career goals, designing a strategy to implement those goals into reality, helping you with salary negotiation for landing a new job or with your current employer, as well as much more. So be sure to check out that Career Accelerator Toolkit. We're not telling people to send <laughs> memes as cover letters. Please don't listen to that advice. Hi, I'm Anita Smith. I'm Bradley Rice. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the, the Salesforce, Salesforce for Everyone podcast. To kick off our very first episode of Series 3, Brad and Anita take a trip down memory lane. We nailed that episode. I'm probably going to go re-listen to this right after we finish this one. Also, Brad is back to grace us with some of his very honest opinions. Resumes are so outdated. Like, job descriptions are next to worthless. Like, they're so close to not useful. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Season 3 of the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. So this is the first episode in Season 3. And we were talking before the episode recording, and it is just crazy to us that we've completed two full seasons of the show. And now we're starting a full third season. And I think we're looking at, you know, about another 15 episodes. And it's amazing the amount of content that we've covered already and just how amazing this community has been, the listenership, the comments, the feedback that we've gotten, you know, the reviews that we're seeing on different platforms. We so appreciate everyone who is listening and making this podcast possible. And we are excited to kick off another season of the Salesforce for Everyone podcast. And as always with me to kick this off is Anita Smith. How's it going, Anita? Hey, it's been going pretty well. I'm at my new place, getting used to country living, learning a lot of things. I, I used a chainsaw for the first time in my life. That was fun. I have not gotten the nerve to use the new wood chipper. It terrifies me. <laughs> and I had a friend scare me about getting my arm sucked in. So <laughs> I've not tried that yet. But it's been nice just been out and about clearing the land and just fixing up my new house. How have you been? Yeah, that sounds like a big transition. It sounds really fun though. So, I mean, yeah, learning a lot, but also exciting, it's, it seems like. Um, things have been good on our end. You know, We got Evelyn almost through this first year of school. So that's been a big transition for our family. And I feel like we settled into that. And then we moved early last year. So we're about a year into our new home here. And I feel like we're, we're really settled in. So things have been good. And yeah, I think uh, 2023 is off to a great start and I think it's going to be a great year. So I guess we can get into season three. I mean, we were going over the episodes and the topics that we plan to cover and realize this is a lot of information we're about to bring for season three. And I know we're going to be talking some about new certifications that were introduced to the Salesforce ecosystem in 2022 and which certifications you should be getting going into 2023. We're going to be talking about college and Salesforce and how those two things go together or don't go together and some of the nuances there. And we'll be bringing back the classic 
question and answer episodes that we've had in season one and season two. So we'll be bringing those back again in season three. So we're excited about that. What else do we have planned out, Anita? Yeah, so I had a lot of awesome listeners reach out to me and say really nice things about the podcast, but also had some great suggestions. So we heard you and we've added a couple of episodes that go over a day in the life of the different roles. So we'll have a day in the life of a Salesforce admin, a consultant, a VA, and even a developer. So really excited for those episodes. I know when I first started out, I was like, oh, awesome. I got the cert. I landed the job. (laughs) What do I do now? I had landed a job, but I had no idea what I was supposed to do day to day. So these episodes are for all of you that have that same question. And then one other thing I had, I was wondering, are we ready to debut this CFR thing this season or are we going to keep them waiting? Yeah, I think so. No, I think this is it. I think we're finally ready to debut CFR. So that's the candidate first recruiting platform. And we'll talk more about that during the season. But as a quick sort of brief on it, uh, it's a completely new platform that we're going to be talking about that is meant to connect advanced talent, intermediate and advanced talent, Salesforce professional with the best employers in the Salesforce ecosystem. So we're going to pre-vet all of the talent that is going to be on this platform. We're going to pre-vet all of the employers that are on this platform. And we're going to make sure that this is matchmaking truly the highest quality talent with the highest quality employers. And I think that's really going to help intermediate and advanced talent find those absolute incredible employers where they can set up shop and enjoy their careers. But we'll get more into that later, but definitely something we're excited for. And if all of that, if everything we mentioned isn't enough, we're even going to get into freelancing as a Salesforce professional, some tips and tricks, and really the nuances of transitioning from having a full-time Salesforce job, doing a little freelancing on the side to maybe even transitioning into being a full-time independent consultant, if that's something you might want to get into. So there is a ton to cover in this season, but we should probably start with episode one. And so for this episode, we're going to be taking it back to the basics. So for all of our existing listeners, for all of our new listeners, we just want to get back to those vital foundational concepts of Salesforce and what it takes to break into the Salesforce ecosystem as an entry-level talent. So that's what we're going to tackle today. All right. So episodes one through eight of our very first season, which actually was about a year ago today. Wow. Really excited. I can't believe it's been a year. That is insane. I did not think we would go past the first season, let alone the first episode, which we had to re-record because we were so bad. (laughs) Episodes one through eight takes us back to the basics of just getting started in a Salesforce career. So back to episode one, unlock financial freedom with a Salesforce career. In that episode, we focused on the benefits of choosing a career in Salesforce, the financial freedom it offers, and why it's a smart career choice in today's job market. I'm curious to know, Bradley, if you think everything we (laughs) said in the previous episode still holds up true to today. Yeah, I think this is a good sort of tactic to go through. And like you said, you know, one through eight are those foundational episodes to actually landing a job in the Salesforce ecosystem. So yeah, so episode one was all about the Salesforce ecosystem a year ago, right? And I think a lot of people would feel that things have potentially changed over the last year. 
especially if you're coming from an outsider's perspective. I think if you're a Salesforce professional and you look around and you think about what's happened in the last year compared to maybe what's happened in the last five, six years, honestly, I would argue that not much has really changed. I mean, we've definitely seen some media headlines. We've definitely gone from, you know, 2020 being in a pandemic. I mean, I don't I don't think we've seen nearly as big of a shift in the world of through, you know, 2022 as we saw in 2020 and 2021. But I would say that the headlines have shifted because honestly, I think it's just because consumer interest shifted from talking about healthcare issues and pandemics and we needed something else to talk about. So here we are. So has it changed? Does episode one still hold up? I would argue that yes, it does. And I always like to point to data and evidence instead of headlines and thought-provoking topics and rather focus on things that we actually have information to back it with. And with that, I would say that January 2023 was definitely a point in time where people were concerned, right, coming into 2023, especially about what 2023 was going to look like for tech jobs with Salesforce, you know, still a hot topic. And that's a question we got a lot. So we know that. But January 2023 also marked the record for the most jobs landed by Talent Stacker members in the history of the program. So what that tells us is that based on the data, based on the facts and the information, January 2023 was actually the best time in the history of the program to be breaking into a Salesforce job because that is when the most hiring was happening in the Salesforce ecosystem that we've seen in the last five years. So it's really important to stick to that actual data-based and evidence-based information when we're looking at something as massive as what type of career do we want to get into and how do we want to earn our living? So to me, episode one holds very strong. And I would argue that 2023 has proven so far to be an even better year to get into the Salesforce ecosystem than what we were seeing in 2022. And both were really strong industries. What's your perspective? Well, I'm still seeing recruiters in my LinkedIn messages <laughs> offering jobs. So I think it's still as hot as before. I don't have the numbers to back it up, but I just recall same time last year, I would get at least one or two recruiters that would reach out to me about a job opening. I kind of want to dig in the numbers. So all-time high, record high, January 2023 jobs landed. I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but what was the second highest? And was that December before or was there just a big jump between those months? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'll say it's kind of a fun topic. We could probably do a whole episode on hiring trends in the Salesforce ecosystem, depending on the time of the year. Uh, to answer your question, the highest we had ever seen before January 2023 is we had, I believe we had a month where we had 60 plus jobs landed in a single month, but that was in the summer of 2022. And in January, we saw over 70, maybe 80 plus jobs landed, if I remember correctly. So that's considerably more. You may think, oh, that's only 10 or 20 more, but that's as significant as a percentage. It's you know 15 to 25% more hiring than the second highest month in comparison. I think the other thing to point out while you know we're kind of on that topic is that you will typically see hiring slow down in November and December each year. And this isn't because of recessions and economic collapses and the world coming to an end. It is because if you think about a manager, 
getting ready to go into the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday season, they are typically not attempting to put a series of four interviews together for a single candidate and then doing that with five different candidates and trying to figure out if this fits into the budget for the current year or if we need to wait and push the hire date out until the coming year. There's so many things that go into year end, not to mention you're stacking up a bunch of holidays right there at the end of the year. So there's a lot that goes into it. But even with that, we saw that November and December of 2022 had considerably more hiring than November and December of 2020 and 2021. So to me, that means if I look back over a three-year period, we are seeing an upward trend in the number of entry-level talents being hired into the Salesforce ecosystem, which I see no reason why we would see that shift in 2023 based on the data we have to this point. I would assume November, December this year are going to be even better than last year. So in my opinion, it's really just a you know, I'm biased and I would love to hype this up and just say that Salesforce careers are incredible, but I don't need my opinion because I have data to actually back the uh, information. So it's a lot more enjoyable when you can run a report to understand what's happening in the market. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to see if there's a trend because you said the highest number is January and summer. I wonder if it has something to do with the beginning of the first half and the beginning of the second half of the year, but we will have to wait a few more years to get better data points on that. But on this topic, This leads us straight into episode two perfectly. How hot is the Salesforce job market? This is kind of a hot topic right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, from what we've seen, and I mean, we live this, right? Like every day of my life and pretty much everyone who works at Talent Stacker's life is uh, talking to people on social platforms and email messages inside of live events and just understanding what's going on. And it's been really the emergence of what we've seen are companies hiring in mass. Like it's something that I haven't necessarily noticed. I don't know, maybe it's always been happening, but I haven't noticed, but uh, larger companies onboarding 20 plus people at a time into entry-level Salesforce cohorts And I think anytime you see that happening, and I think we're seeing that with probably four to five different companies right now, every year they will have multiple events during the year where they hire 20 plus people all at once. And I think anytime you're operating inside of an industry where you have five different companies that hire 20 plus of the exact same type of talent in one foul swoop, then you are in an incredibly in-demand market. And the forecasting that was put out a couple of years ago now that you know said millions of Salesforce jobs coming to the ecosystem, I believe that that still holds true. And they're, again, based on the data, there's no reason to feel that anything is declining because it's not. In fact, it's the contrary. And we're just seeing inside of Talent Stackers specifically, we're seeing more members hired every single month. We're seeing the employers that hire those members coming back and asking for more of what they just got because they just need more and more talent. So At this point in 2023 in the Salesforce ecosystem, I would say we still have a massive talent shortage. And until that's not true, it's going to be a good time to transition into this career path if you feel this is what you want to do with your career. I mean, really, there's no reason not to jump in. Yep. I would agree with what you just said. I mean, still getting recruiters reaching out to me, I give them referrals and they're happy to receive them. If I don't offer to give referrals, they ask for referrals. So there is still demand out there. All right. So moving on, in episode three, we focused um, 
the limitations of relying slowly on certifications and trailhead as a means of landing a Salesforce job. We talk about the importance of hands-on experience and why it's essential to have real-world experience in order to stand out on the job market. Is this still true, Bradley? <laughs> yeah, I would say now it's more true than ever. For anyone who sort of paid attention last year, we saw the introduction of a new certification, a few new certifications, but specific to this topic, we saw a new certification introduced called the Salesforce Associate Certification. And so historically, I mean, since I started my Salesforce career in 2010, the Salesforce Administrator Certification has been the most basic entry-level certification. Now, 12, 13 years later, we see for the first time ever in the last decade, we see a certification introduced that is even more entry level. And we've never seen basically a prerequisite certification introduced in the last decade to the administrator certification. So hopefully that all made sense. And the reason I bring that up is because now we have a Salesforce associate certification. And the big question coming in was, Okay, so if this one's easier than the admin certification and it takes me less study time and less skills and less knowledge to pass this certification test, then is this going to help me get a job? And so the topic for episode two around certifications are not enough. In 2022, it was true that you could not just go get a Salesforce admin certification and expect to then have someone give you a job. It simply was not enough leverage last year. And going into 2023, 100% absolutely the same applies. You should not expect to go get the Salesforce Associate Certification. You should not expect to get the Salesforce Associate and the Salesforce Admin Certification and have two certifications and be able to just walk in and go get a job. At the end of the day, the certifications, and I, I don't see this changing in the future either. So maybe we'll talk about this again a year from now, and I doubt that it will have changed. But I don't think that ever you're going to be able to go pass a multiple choice test and have that give you enough credibility to have someone offer you a job paying close to double US median income, right? Entry level with no degree and no background in the space that you're jumping into. So for that reason, yeah, you're always going to need to find a way to differentiate yourself. And the most meaningful way to differentiate yourself when you're trying to break into a space is finding a way to get some experience before you land the first job. So yeah, I would say that episode two definitely still stands, still a credible source for understanding the difference between certifications and being qualified to land a job. Yeah, I'd be interested to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I actually, I still have not taken the associate exam. I know you did. You passed the first try? I did. I, I passed oh, great. The, <laughs> the, the day it was released, I went and took it and, and passed it. I believe I would, I would need to check with someone. I may have been the first person to pass the associate exam, if not definitely first 10. We're so it was kind of fun to jump this. in. <laughs> I have no data to back that other than while everyone else was saying that the test crashed, I know that I went in and made it through to the end and it did not crash. Well, what I can say is that we were one of the first to come out with a free course to pass the Salesforce Associate Exam. The very infamous Alex Warnicke, she is amazing. <laughs> she came up and built the course in record time. How long did it, how fast did she do that? You would have to ask her. It's like, it was under three weeks. It was like maybe two to three weeks. Salesforce Associate Certification is a brand new exam that now exists. And I think in three weeks, I mean, and we're not talking about like a tossed together scrambled because Alex would never do that, right? We're talking about a comprehensive videos for every single lesson, screen shares, walking you through every single concept. Like 
literally the only thing you need to pass that exam is that free associate certification course. And yeah, she knocked that whole thing out in two to three weeks. And that included recording video, editing video, adding thumbnails, uploading it onto a course platform and actually vetting it. Like it's unreal, the velocity that Alex moved. So yeah, it was pretty impressive. She does it all. What a rock star. And for those of you that are interested in signing up for the free course, just head over to talentstacker.com. It should be one of the options in the menu, but it is free. Yeah. If you go to the website, click on the free resources tab. There's a ton of free stuff up there, but look for that Salesforce Associate Certification course and yeah, go knock it out. All right. Enough about certifications. Let's keep moving. So, all right. You took your free course. You got your certifications. Now we're on episode four talking about resumes. And in this episode, we talked about traditional resumes, limitations of traditional resumes, and alternate ways to showcase your skills and experience. So Bradley, do you have a new resume template or are we still using the same one as last year? Are we still using resumes? Um, <laughs> it's really impressive, right? And I, I know we dive in on this and I, I have not listened to that episode recently, but I've got to think I'm going to end up saying the same stuff right now that we're going to say throughout that episode. If you just go back and listen to, I think you said episode four. And it's just the, the whole idea that resumes are so outdated, like they're so outdated compared to a LinkedIn profile. It's literally a piece of paper with a few lines and bullets written about what makes you, you as a professional. And doesn't that sound just incredibly limiting that we're still printing out like a Word document and trying to hand that to somebody or copy it as an attachment. And for that piece of paper to dictate to you the skills that I have, who I am as a person, am I a culture fit for your company? All these things, like it's absolutely impossible. And I mean, LinkedIn has been around for years. There's absolutely no reason that we should be using resumes in lieu of a LinkedIn profile. Now, I know you have to, like, don't get me wrong from a ridiculously outdated HR policy perspective. We still have to submit a resume. And if anybody asks you for a cover letter, I would just forget it. Like I would just attach my resume again as the cover letter. It's, it doesn't make any sense. We, we actually had a member attach a meme as their cover letter. And I think the meme said something along the lines of, you know, basically just making fun of cover letters. I, I forget exactly what it was. Well, out of context, let me preface that story. That member did follow that recruiter on LinkedIn and saw the recruiter post something about how useless cover letters are. So I think that was the reason. We're not telling people to send <laughs> memes as cover letters. Please don't listen to that advice. Yes, that is definitely not advice, but it's more to show. And, and you're right. So that was part of like doing your research, right? And they knew that the recruiter for that job, you know, found memes funny and they posted memes themselves. And clearly they were a fan of a little bit of humor. And so when she applied for the job, she attached a meme as her cover letter and she ended up landing that job because that got their attention and it was interesting. But no, don't post a meme as your cover letter. But resumes, I mean, a LinkedIn profile, it can show you day to day what you're posting about, what you're commenting, the type of activity, the groups that you're involved in, the topics that you seem to be able to communicate professionally on. You know, it's updated with your current roles, all your skills. Maybe you're even posting like recent blogs or videos that you watch that you're interested in. It's just more of a living, breathing social platform where a resume is the exact opposite. It's not living. It's not breathing. It's stagnant. It's outdated. So do you have to have them as part of the process to apply for a job? Yes, absolutely. But 
you would be doing yourself a huge disservice if you are not putting in at least 10 times as much effort on your LinkedIn profile and your engagement with the community there. I agree. I mean, resumes, you got to have them. I make mine as boring as possible so it gets through the special ATS system and doesn't mess up the search function. But aside from that, everything goes on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the best way to showcase your personality, how you interact with others, features, special things, special awards, special projects you've been on. LinkedIn is the way to go. And if the recruiter is good, they will be looking at your LinkedIn profile to see if you're a good fit. Because resume is a piece of paper. It doesn't really... You you can't tell if you're going to be a good fit or not. But LinkedIn gives you more perspective on whether or not you would work well in that company. All right, moving on. Episode five, getting hands-on experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, so that was all about, you know, getting hands-on experience, which again, I think, you know, going back to what we just talked about, we were saying that certifications are not enough to land a job. And then I think a lot of people go, well, how do I get experience before I get a job? And that's what that episode is all about. It's about getting hands-on experience before you land your first job. And there's a there's a few different ways to do that, but actually going back to, you know, Alex Warnicky was a guest on that episode. And, you know, she's obviously very well suited and talented to speak to the, that topic. And, you know, it's about being careful. A lot of people will just go try to find volunteer projects with nonprofits in order to get hands-on experience. We found over time for a lot of reasons, that's not what is best for the nonprofit. It's not what is best for the aspiring Salesforce professional, unless you you know have a caveat where there's someone leading you that can help you through those projects and make sure that everything's triple checked. But there's a lot of reasons. So then you get into, well, okay, if I'm not going to do that, then what can I do? And that's what that episode was all about. But I think for the purpose of this conversation, if you want to learn more about how to get hands-on experience, you know, hop over there and listen to that episode. That's why it's so important to go back and start with episode one and, and listen through. And this, you know, really why we're going through this exercise right now. You need that hands-on experience. It's going to boost your LinkedIn profile, your resume, your ability to communicate when you're networking, your ability to communicate when you're interviewing. And it gives you that leverage that you need to go from certified Salesforce professional to certified Salesforce professional who can actually talk the talk and carry conversation through interviews about their experience, not just about hypothetical trailhead badges. What are your thoughts, Anita? Completely agree with that. Volunteering at a real nonprofit is very harmful for the nonprofit itself, especially, you know, if the volunteer lands a job, they just, they might leave and go to their main full-time job and leave the nonprofit empty-handed. Or if it's, you know, normally someone trying to gain experience, doesn't know everything that they're doing is best practices. So you might be setting up the nonprofit for failure. So I find personally the best way to get hands-on experience is to create your own experience. And now with the creation of AI and chat GPT, you can ask it to help you create a case study. If you're one of those people, you, you're having trouble figuring out, oh, okay, I don't even know where to start. Like, I have no idea how to come up with stuff or a case study to begin with. You can ask ChatGPT for help or Google it. I'm sure there's a lot of places where people have examples of case studies that they've done. And then the very last resort, you can just pick your favorite business and pretend you're the admin for that company and get your hands-on experience like that. Yeah, I agree. I think really the 
key takeaway from that whole concept is that, you know, I think a lot of people come up with the reasons why they can't do something. And I would just say that when it comes to breaking into Salesforce careers, like this isn't a new frontier, right? Like thousands. I mean, Talent Stacker alone has helped over a thousand people break into Salesforce jobs in the last year or two. So to think that these questions have not been answered or do not have clear answers is somewhat naive. So anytime you're hitting a wall, lean into that community, lean into your network, join user groups like Salesforce for Everyone on Facebook and ask the community, see what they have to say. Because I promise you, anything you're running into, it doesn't matter if you're migrating from a different country, if you're coming from being a stay-at-home parent for 15 years, if you're a high school student who's not sure if you want to go to college, if you've been in blue-collar work for the last 30 years and now you're thinking about getting into tech, I promise you, not just one or two, but very likely hundreds of people have done this before you and the answers are out there, but you have to be involved in those communities to have conversations with those individuals and get those answers. So just make sure you know, if you ever hit a wall, there is an answer to the question. You just need to spend the time and go find it. So we've gone through episodes one through five so far. You listened to our advice and you got an interview. I think episode six has my favorite title of all the episodes, and it's called You Suck at Interviewing. Here we had, a, we had a special guest, our very own Justin Ducks, come on, and we gave an overview of interview skills, common mistakes people make, and best practices for a successful interview. So Bradley, are these, I don't know if you've <laughs> re-listened to the episode, but do you think it's still the same advice as last year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has to stand the test of time. We may have a few new tips this year based on what we've learned over the last year, but the reality of it is, is the the biggest issue, that 80-20 rule of, you know, it's just preparing and being prepared for the interviews. And a lot of people don't. And that's why it's so, I think we're so comfortable saying you suck at interviewing because the truth is we all do. And it doesn't matter how well-spoken you are and how fast you are on your feet and how great your ability is to you know, sound confident in a situation where you're not confident, like that's all cool. Um, and those are great soft skills. But when it comes down to it, thinking you're going to go Google the top 20 Salesforce interview questions, and that's going to get you through an interview. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually ridiculous when you step back and think about a real business with real problems, wants to pay you $70,000 entry level to come work for them. And you studying the top answers on Google is going to get you that paycheck. Like it's, I don't know, it's kind of rude to the company, right? Like you've done no research on the company. You have no idea what their company does, what product they sell, the services they offer, the issues that they have with Salesforce. You're not connected with or trying to network with any of the employees who work at the company or better understand, you know, what you're up against. And you're just walking in, assuming every company is exactly the same and you can just waltz into an interview and get the job. It's just, that's how we know that you're going to need some interview help. And we all do. Even experts that are 10 years into Salesforce careers getting their next job still have to you know, do their research and do their prep work and prepare for an interview. So yeah, that episode, like you said, we've walked you through understanding why the job market is so hot to getting your first certification, to building an impressive resume and LinkedIn profile, to landing a job interview. And now that you're interviewing, we call it tripping at the finish line. And the, the last thing you want to do is get the interview and not, not prepare for it. And then you get declined, even though you've got the cert, you've got the experience, you've got the amazing network and profile, and then you didn't prepare for the interview. So you didn't get the job. That's the last thing you want to do. So that topic is vitally important and still absolutely a cornerstone to successfully breaking into a Salesforce career. So yeah, if you don't go back and listen to these episodes 
that's fine. But definitely listen to this one because preparation is key. And this is such an important episode. All right. So in episode seven, let's see the titles. There are no jobs available. Think again. Oh, I think we talked about common misconceptions about the job market and what you need to know about finding a job. Also, best practices for the job search and how you can stay proactive in the search. Yeah, I wish this one, I kind of wish this topic wouldn't be applicable anymore because really this is all about job search strategy is what we call it now. I don't know if we called it that at the time, but that's what we call it now. And it's this misconception that it's really not the candidate's fault. Like everyone listening right now, most of you are going to be the potential talent, the candidates, right? Unless we have some employers listening in. And if you're the candidate, this misconception is completely logical and it's really not your fault because what's happening is, and what has happened for a long time, and I really do hope that we can do this episode next year and say, you don't need to listen to the job search strategy episode, but you do for now. And the reason is job descriptions are next to worthless. Like they're so close to not useful and you can go dissect them and get a little information about the company out of the job description. I would say that's the best value. But the most annoying thing about these job descriptions are the requirement section. Requirements. Like requirements has a very clear definition. It means not optional. It means it has to be done in order for you to be considered for this role. But it's just not true. And they have requirements in there like must have a four-year college degree. And then they literally don't care if you have a degree. They have requirements and they're like, must have three plus years experience. But then the person that they hire has no experience. They have requirements like must be Salesforce advanced administrator certified, but then they accept someone to the job that does not have an advanced administrator certification. And so it turns out it's really a disservice again, using that word again, to come back to what the employers are doing when they use these copy paste job descriptions and they tweak a couple of the lines to fit whatever they're looking for at the moment. But the reality is that, you know, I I think everybody's heard the phrase like, that's not in my job description to do that. And like, that's not a reality. There's no such thing as what's in your job description. It's the business needs talent and they need a skilled person to come in and do the job that's needed. And this month, they might need you to do some mainly administrative work and going in the setup menu and maybe building some automations and things like that. But then next week, they might need you to put on your analyst hat and speak to the clients and better understand the requirements and ask the right questions and get those documented. And saying that a job description or thinking that a job description is going to be accurate is probably what's hurting most of the entry-level talent. So we get into this thing where we go, there's no jobs available. I go one, I don't see any junior... Salesforce administrator roles open, but I see a lot that are asking for one or two or three years experience. And the fact of the matter is all those that say one, two, three years experience, they probably have budgeted 60 to $80,000 for that job. And they don't realize that someone with two years experience is going to demand over $100,000. And they end up having to accept someone with less than two years experience, less than a year of experience. That's what that episode's all about. And unfortunately, it still holds true that the job descriptions are garbage. And it still holds true that you're going to have to let your imposter syndrome go and take a deep breath and gather your confidence and apply for jobs that you're not qualified for based on the requirements, but you're qualified for because you, you know, you're talented, you've got the skills, you've got the experience, you're ready for your break. And that's probably one of the jobs you're going to end up landing is one that based on those requirements in the job description, you were not qualified for, but chances are that's the job you're going to land. 
So that's my long winded take on absolutely that episode holds and I hope it doesn't next year. Yeah, I, this is one episode I wish wouldn't hold or one of the episodes. I mean, there is one less bad job description out there recently. I'm ready. Well, so recently, a talent soccer alumni came back who is now hiring a position. They actually wrote an excellent job posting. So slowly making this a tiny, tiny dent. Maybe someone will copy and paste that for future jobs. If we get enough <laughs> alumni who get promoted into hiring positions, we'll start see- seeing better job postings. <laughs> and it's a it's a big part of why, you know, we, we talked in the intro to this episode about the candidate first recruiting platform that we're debuting this year. And a big part of why we're bringing that is I don't want a candidate to have to look at a job description anymore. Like I don't want the employers on that platform to send job descriptions to the candidates. I want them to have a conversation and understand, is this person with their skills and talents a good fit to come work for our company in a way that benefits the company and is in line with the career goals of this candidate? And if it is, then let's put those two things together and do great work. Who cares what the job description says? The employer should be able to look at a profile understand if that person would bring value, interview that person and give them an offer. There shouldn't be a need for all of this really outdated formalities of getting a job, I guess. Well said. All right. Final episode, episode eight on my favorite topic, money. (laughs) So you got the job offer. Now how much to get paid? In this episode, we discuss salary negotiations and how you can ensure that you get paid what you're worth, some common mistakes, and then some best practices. Does this still hold up true today, Brad? I've actually listened to that episode recently, and I think we did a really good job. Like, I'm biased, but we talk about some really excellent points in that episode about how your personal finances do not dictate what you're worth. It's important to know, like, your mortgage and your car rent and what you have overextended on financially has nothing to do with your value. On the other hand, if you only need $40,000 to pay your bills, it doesn't matter because you should be paid the market value. So get what you're worth, but don't ask for people to pay you something based on your personal finances. So that one holds really well talking about how to handle questions like what salary are you looking for and how to push back on that to make sure nobody takes advantage of you, how to push back on questions like what were you paid in your last role, which is a completely inappropriate question for any employer to ask you, because that again, has nothing to do with your value what you were paid at your last role or whether you were even paid at all in your last role has literally nothing to do with the value that you're going to bring to that company. So we talk about that. I think the averages we're seeing this year are similar to what we were seeing last year. Last year, I think we went from early in the year seeing pay around maybe 67, 68,000. But then through the summer into the end of the year, we definitely saw upwards of 70,000. This year, you know, we're still in the front half of the year, but we're seeing those low 70,000s being the norm for talent stacker alumni. So I would just say when you're going into these jobs, I would still say 70 to 75 if you want to range it more 65 to, you know, maybe 67 to 77, something like that for your salaries, but just being aware. And I would say even if the numbers to that episode, like if we're thinking about that episode two or three years from now, and chances are entry-level salaries will be higher I think it's less about the exact number and it's more about the concepts of how to negotiate, what to talk about, what matters, how you can make sure you're getting what you're worth when you're accepting a job offer. And then also 
why it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, because the most valuable thing about that first job you're going to get is going to be the experience that is going to be worth 10x, whatever that paycheck is going to be. Yeah, just go listen to that episode. Like Bradley so humbly said, (laughs) we nailed that episode. I'm probably going to go re-listen to this right after we finish this one. All right. So that is a wrap. We did episodes one through eight, back to the basics. If you don't feel like listening to all those episodes, I think we gave a pretty good summary and their statuses of how accurate they are now. Yeah, I would say if you're new to the show, that if you're a new listener then you need to go back and listen to one through eight. If you've heard them and you kind of want to rehash and maybe there's a topic you want to brush up on, go back. They still hold true and check those out. Obviously, there are two full seasons of content to go check out. I would say at least peruse those. If you're a person who enjoys binging it, then go binge it. But if you're not sure you want to listen to every episode, then just go look at the titles. They're pretty accurate. You know, Select the topics that you think are the most meaningful to you. But the important thing is to take action. The worst thing you can do is leave turn off this episode, and then not go take action on furthering your career. So that's the biggest thing. If anything at all, go listen to a few of those episodes. Or you know, if you feel like you're ready and you know what your next steps are, just go get started. Yeah. And to help you get started, head over to talentstacker.com forward slash start, or you can sign up for the free five-day Salesforce challenge. In addition, we have some other great resources. If you're a little further down the line on your journey, we have a free Salesforce associate course, a free Salesforce LinkedIn domination guide, as well as another one on perfecting your interview. So head over to talentstacker.com to access those free resources. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And if you're listening to this episode and you've heard you know, the Salesforce for Everyone podcast and you feel like you're getting value from it, if you could please just you know share it with your network, share it with your friends. And just thank you so much for being a a meaningful part of our listening community. And if you don't mind, just go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on and be sure to leave us a review. And we do uh, have a preference for five-star reviews as opposed to other things. So just leave us with a five-star review if you don't mind and let us know your feedback. If you leave a written review, um, you can ask questions that could be asked in the live Q&A episodes uh, where we ask your questions or sorry, answer your questions. And if you want to leave a voicemail question, be sure to head over to talentstacker.com forward slash voicemail, where you can leave a question. And it's up to you. We can either air your voice on the show, or we can ask your question ourselves and answer it if you don't feel comfortable with your voice being on the show. But either way, we appreciate your support. Thanks everyone for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. To get started for free on your own Salesforce career, go to talentstacker.com forward slash start or check the show notes. There you'll find all the resources you need to start earning 60 to 80,000 in as little as eight months, no matter your education or career background. The Salesforce for Everyone podcast was produced by Edmund T and engineered by Andrew Mendonca. If you like what we do at this scrappy can-do podcast, please help others find us by leaving a five-star rating and a great review on whichever platform you're listening to us right now. See you next time.